Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Thanks, Aaron. I remember Erin babysitting me. She was really good. And one time, because she would stay for like a week or something if mum and dad were away. And um, there was like a dress-up day. You had to be a sports person. Yeah, I know. We were both thinking it. And I was going to be like a tennis player. So I had like a little netball skirt. And we were going to – we braided my hair, I think, because like Serena Williams. Like I was going to be like a black tennis player or something. So she gave me like braids, like hours. And I didn't like it when I made her take them out. It was so bad. It's so rude. What a brat. Anyway, so thanks, Aaron, for braiding my hair and for being in this church all this time. Such a great person to look up to. Here we are. Hope you're doing well. It's exciting. We're starting a new series this week on gifts, spiritual gifts. Got my Bible, got my actual Bible. Because um, my printer didn't work, of course, because has anyone actually ever printed anything at home? No, you haven't, because printers are a myth and they don't work. So then I was like, okay, I'll use my notes just straight off my iPad. And I was like, oh, I like to have, because like, I usually just print everything. I was like, I want like the, the scripture like on a separate thing so I can refer to it. I'm like, what could I, I was like, I put it on my phone. Like, what could I do to have the Bible like next to me? I'm not kidding. This was my thought process this morning. What can I do to have the Bible like next to me if I can't print out the scriptures? Maybe I use the Bible. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really use the, the paper Bible very often, but there's extra anointing in it. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. Thank you for this awesome church. I pray that you would speak to each of us, that our hearts would be open and that we'd be hungry to hear from you. Amen. Do you want me to use this mic or that speaking mic? This one? Okay. So let's begin. We're talking about gifts, discovering your gifts. And it's a really cool, it's just so cool because God has given us gifts and that's in the Bible. That's, we're going to unpack it, but that's what's happened He created us and then he gave us things. And I love gifts. I'm into presents. I'm passionate about giving and receiving gifts of many kinds. And it's, you know, not all gifts are created equal. Like, seriously, just getting a present, that's not, it doesn't necessarily have the same value depending on what the gift was, who gave it to you, when, why. I had a lot of fun thinking about all the different gifts and all the different things. I googled worst gifts ever. Somebody wrote, I got a styrofoam alligator head with light-up eyes run by a small solar panel. The cover of the box depicted it floating in a pool. I don't have a pool, nor have I ever expressed a love of gators. 
And Caleb was telling me, because he gives me awesome gifts. He's really good at presents. But he said when he was a kid, like, he really struggled with the concept and just gave, like, terrible gifts to people. (laughs) So one time he gave his older brother a Celine Dion Christmas album on cassette. (laughs) And the funniest thing about Caleb's family, like, they're not polite. They'd just be like, what, Caleb, why'd you give me this? This sucks. Like, one time he gave his parents and his two older brothers... So this was a joint gift for the four of them. One electric toothbrush that had four different heads. This <laughs> is so like you can all share it and swap your heads around. So good, eh? <laughs> but he gives me awesome gifts. One of the strangest gifts I ever got was from my brother Hudson, who when I was maybe like 18 or something, he gave me a springbok fur that his friend had smuggled in a bunch from South Africa. And it was just this fur of a springbok. Like, I don't know why he thought, but you know what? It was super weird. I actually love it. Like, I got given it. I didn't choose it, so I don't have to feel guilty about it. And I love it. Like, it's beautiful. Anyway, but I really like getting perfume. That's one of the gifts that I love because you don't really buy yourself perfume. Like, it seems a bit indulgent, but I really enjoy wearing it. And and it's just a beautiful thing because... They come in these beautiful boxes. I like the branding and the packaging and the styles. And But then you use it every day and they're sort of ornamental, but you use it every day. You know, you're reminded of when you got it and where and all that. And so it's just a really nice gift because it's beautiful, but it's useful. And that's God's gifts. They're beautiful, but they're useful. And we're called to actually use them and to recognize them and appreciate them and understand them and how sad and brutal is it to give someone a gift and they sort of barely open it or they're like thanks you know like it's just kind of not properly acknowledged or properly or they open it and they're sort of like thanks but they never use it and you know that they don't use it and it's just there's so much awkwardness around that and it's the opposite when someone's like loves it understands it takes the time to read the instructions uses it applies it to their life It's so great. And that's the exchange that we need to have with God. And so that's why we're doing this because he's given us gifts and now it's us, it's on us to be good stewards and to understand it, appreciate it, recognize it, all of that. So we're going to look at three, over the next four weeks, three different passages in the New Testament that talk about different kinds of gifts. And as you'll see that many of them overlap, um, but there's different kind of categories that are been loosely applied because there's three main passages in the New Testament that look at gifts. And this is just one of the things that we've, you know, the modern church has done to kind of understand them a little bit better. But as with anything with God, there's no super clear, you know, these are the gifts of the Son, gifts of the Father, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, they don't overlap and they're separate. And it's not really like that. You know, things are just fluid as God is fluid. But in order for us to be able to comprehend them, you know, they are broken up into the three different times that they're talked about. So today we're going to be looking at the gifts of the Son or the ministry gifts as they're known. And these are outlined in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So we're going to read through that now. In my Bible. Um, All right. Ephesians 4. So you have to turn pages and it's a whole thing. 4 verse 1. <laughs> Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, 
bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean if he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself, Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the statute of the the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. How cool is that? So we have to read the whole thing because we have to look at the context. That's so important. And we can see that smack bang in the middle of this passage, he mentions those five gifts. Where are they? It's honestly so much harder on paper. (laughs) Thank you. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But if we look at this whole passage, he's talking about unity. He starts, he talks about there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope. He says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Then he mentions the gifts. Then he comes back to the body of Christ, joined and knit together by which every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. So you can see that the first thing we need to look at when we talk about gifts is unity. This is the foundation. This is the context in which it's provided. And we can't dismiss that. We have to consider why that is. And I I love particularly this bit. He says, one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, but different gifts. So before we look at the gifts and the different ways in which we've been gifted from God and all the different ways that we can serve him, we have to first focus on all the ways in which we are united. Because the purpose of the gifts, and particularly these ones, but all of them, these are the ministry gifts, they need to be applied in the context of the church, the body of Christ. That is where they are called to flourish and be used and recognized. And it doesn't work to go, okay, pastor, preacher, oh, evangelist. Yeah, yeah, that'd be me. That'd be me. Um, yeah, that's me. And then off you go and you just evangelize and well done to you. It's, that's not what it's about. It's about recognizing how that fits into the body of Christ. It's like the way that he spells that out, it's like a parent with a, a gift, you know, 
And it's like, okay, I've got this thing for you guys, but first running through, you know, sort of the the ground rules. Like I've got this thing that I'm going to give you, but you need to share and you can't use it after dinner because it's noisy or you can't eat it before dinner because you were, you know, and like you run through, and uh, now you can have the gifts. It's like one body, one faith, one spirit, one baptism, one, and different gifts. We first need to appreciate all the ways in which we are united and knit together as the body of Christ. This word unity, it literally means oneness. And then he goes through all the things that are one. One faith, one spirit. This is our church family and this is the body of Christ. And I was thinking about unity and what that actually looks like. And I think we understand that if you're fighting, you know, or having big issues or dramas, you're not really united, like there's conflict or issues there. But I think what can also be probably in some cases a bigger issue is just complacency because unity is not merely the absence of conflict. Unity is an active force that bonds people together in oneness and that requires intention and action. You can't just complacently come in and you sit next to someone, hi, how are you? Good, yeah, coffee. Okay, off we go. You united because I didn't fight with anybody. Like that's not that's not what that looks like. Unity is an active relationship that is is bonded together and you know, we have to be responsible for stepping over those boundaries. If you can feel like it, just don't be complacent about it is what I'm saying. If you can be like, oh, yeah, 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 they're cool. Yeah, we're cool. You know, we, we don't really, you know, we're sort of from different ways of thinking or different sort of, you know, we've got a different thing going, yeah, it's cool. Like that's not unity. And these are your brothers and sisters. If you're, you need to be planted in this church and united with the other people that are planted in this church. Because that's the only way it's going to work. And so that means being more active in your relationships. And, and, you know, you don't have to be, like, best friends with everybody. You you can't. It doesn't, you know, there's not enough time in a week. But make sure that you're active in the way that you love people. It just comes down to love, doesn't it? It comes down to being like, no, it's not enough that there's sort of just this random gap with us or we just just never really clicked, you know, after that little thing. or just ne- That's not enough. You And you be the one. You might be thinking, yeah, yeah, you tell them. That's the good. No one's come over to my side of the fence in a while. Yeah, you tell them. You, you tell them. You go over to their side of the fence. You know what I mean? Like you be the one. Don't wait. You be the one to bridge that divide and to be active about it because church, this is so crucial. We can't afford to be apathetic about this because we'll perish. The only way that the body grows is when it's united and growing together. You can't have joints and bits growing at different paces. Like you'll be deformed. That's not healthy. You grow together when you're bonded and united and then the whole body grows. And so you can see this link that it's getting at between unity and maturity and right between them is the gifts. So you're united together and then exercising your gifts as the body, all the different bits and joints and ligaments and hands and then you all grow in, in that flow. So it starts with unity and I just I urge you, church, to, to have a burden of unity on your heart for the people in this room to be active about it. If you've, like whoever you're thinking about right now, talk to them after the service. You know what I mean? Like whoever you're like, oh yeah, yeah, talk to them. It'll be so awkward. Everyone will be like, hello. (laughs) 
how are you? Like everyone will know. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Come on, church. Let's be real about this, and let's be. It's it's loving. Like whatever's stopping you. You know, whether it's it's pride or, or sometimes it's just insecurity. Like, oh, they don't want to talk to me. Or no one really wants to talk to me. I'll do everyone a favor and just lay low. Like, don't be like that. Don't be the mar- – no self-pity here, you know. Like, you reach out, you love, and I promise you'll be loved back. You will. Because this is a loving place. I can tell you that. But you've got to, you know, lay, lay down that pride or that insecurity or whatever it is that's maybe causing you to, to, to be isolated in some way and, and step out and lean in. And let's be united because there's so much that unites us before we get to the things that make us different. And the things that make us different, that's unity as well. It's not uniformity. It's, it's, there's a great beauty in the diversity when you can be united but different. I mean, that's, that's real unity, isn't it? Is we look at these gifts and we go, wow, look at all the different ways that we can serve and, and, and experience God and love one another and the different combinations of gifts, and it's fascinating. And we're all so different, but that's the way it's designed. And then we're united through that diversity. So that's rant one over. Oh, there's, there's a few. No, no, but that, I, I just see, I, that I had such a burden for that. And that needs to be said before we even look at gifts. You know what I mean? Because it's in the body of Christ that we actually use them and experience them and that they are even meaningful is in this body. Great. Mature body, we grow together. So now let's look at the gifts of the sun. And these are from Christ. They're called the gifts of the sun because it says, so Christ himself gave us, gave the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Jesus has all of these gifts in limitless measure and he provided a perfect example of how they were used when he was on earth. They actually, these gifts reveal the ways that Jesus ministered and and other gifts as we'll see like in later weeks we'll look at healing and things like that and how he wants us to minister within the church. This is what has been designed. So in general these five gifts that we're looking at are Ministry gifts in that they're typically um, offices or roles that you actually take on in a slightly formal sense within the church. But as we'll see that there are overlaps like prophecy, like we're looking today at, you know, the role and the office of a prophet. But then you'll see in other weeks, gifts of the spirit is the gift of prophecies. You can exercise the gift of prophecy or being pastoral without necessarily being a full-time ministry pastor. So one of the things that's really important to consider when we look at these five gifts is how you may recognize them in your own life and use them, but also how we are called to be ministered to by these five gifts. Because these were given to Christ, given to us by Christ for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's the purpose of them is to equip the saints. That's us. We're the saints. So we're equipped with the gifts, but we're also equipped by the gifts. So we need to look at the ways in which we are actually ministered to by these gifts. So let's look at them. The first one is apostle, a leader of leaders. An apostle establishes new churches, opens new fields for the gospel. 
the, an apostle has the power and the ability to establish churches and they almost always have other ministry gifts as well. But this is a big thing is that they, they actually establish churches and Jesus is referred to in the book of Hebrews as the chief apostle. So some people question whether apostles even exist today because they're like, well, you know, Jesus was the chief apostle. Then he, we had, you know, those original apostles like Paul and they established the new church and maybe that's enough. But Acts continues on and unless stated otherwise, we do what the New Testament does. And it says that the gifts, what their purpose is, the edifying of the saints until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. We're not there yet. We're not finished. So let's keep establishing churches and growing within them. That's what an apostle does. It's a very, it's a high call. It's, it's a very, it's a big thing. And so how does that apply to us? Because most of us here are probably not an apostle, like that we plant churches ourselves. But we can be a part of that ministry and we, we do that by sowing into church plants and serving perhaps in church plants, but also recognising that that's the structure that God has arranged for churches, that they are planted by an apostle, ordained by God, planted by an apostle into a designated place. That's, you don't get to just sort of wander over and, oh, you and me, let's, oh, here we go, church. No, no, no. They have, the church has to be planted. And, and, and that's how it was designed. And, you know, it's not for us to say or to judge, but, you know, it's, it's likely that there are illegitimate churches that exist in, in some places because they weren't planted properly the way that God has designed them to be by an apostle. And we also need to allow ourselves to be led by that apo- apo- apostolic anointing because... That, that is the, the gift of an apostle is that they plant churches, that they, they, they hear from God about where he wants to go and, and they go. And so we need to be led by that. We need to go with the church. We need to be planted in a church and moving with the church, submitting under that anointing. Because it's possible to actually have that, like you can be in a church but not submitted under that anointing and, and be kind of separate and separate to what the church is doing and kind of separate, just separate, you know. And, and again, that comes back to that unity thing, that there's unity in submission if we're all submitted under the same spirit. And that's the spirit of that apostle, that apostle anointing that plants a church and they grow. The fruit is there. And, and with all these ministries, you know, it's, it's such a great, probably not coincidence, but it works well that we've been talking about fruit and now we're talking about gifts because... The fruit speaks for itself, you know, and it's not for us to judge what gifts people do or don't have. And I don't know if they're an apostle. I don't know if they should be planted. It's like you don't, you don't have to make that call. God can make that call because eventually the fruit will speak for itself. And when a church is flourishing and people are growing and the Holy Spirit is here, that's a church that God has, you know, designed. So submit under that anointing and respect that anointing. Respect that call and... And make sure that, that, you, that you're under it, you know, because that, that's the structure that's been designed for us. And it's really safe, you know, like there's a real safety in that. Like don't ever feel like submission sort of this reluctant thing that we have to do to kind of yield our independence. It's, 
there's real safety and I would say like essential safety and spiritual safety in being yielded under an anointed church, under that structure, because God designed it for a reason. And one of the reasons is that it protects you from, you can't be sort of in the spiritual realm if you're not also under the covering of a church. I've seen, it just can be really unsafe. You can expose yourself to things. You need that covering. None of us can do this alone. So make sure that you're in the body, under the anointing, in the structure that's been designed. Don't kind of resent the structure. Appreciate it. Be grateful for it and flow with it. That's the apostle. The next one is a prophet. So a prophet speaks by direct divine inspiration and there's a sense of immediacy in their revelation because they deliver it to an individual or a church. Um, So prophet or gift of prophecy appears in each of the three lists of gifts, which is really cool. And there's a few that overlap a bit, but particularly this one because it shows all the diverse ways in which prophecy can be applied or received or like you can't put a, the prof, the gift of prophecy in a box because that's the whole point of prophecy is that it it's it's doing it's it's speaking from heaven it's hearing from God and communicating to us and so that can be done in so many hectic ways but particularly as we look at these ministry gifts we look at the office of a prophet or someone who has a, a maturity in their faith and that gift of prophecy and they've they've built it up to a point where they're actually anointed and ordained as a prophet. And we've had people like that come um, and minister to our church, like Ian Cowie, um, Fergus McIntyre, and, and they're prophets and it's on them and they they prophesy. And so they're hearing from God and it's often for individuals. And it's the purpose of prophecy is speaking, this is from 1 Corinthians, speaking unto men to edify, exhort, and comfort. So it's, there's, it's, it's positive generally. And a prophet builds their ministry on the word of God, and that's paramount, is that what they say is of God and therefore it also lines up with the word. And so it's important to note that we don't get weird about prophets as like the only way that we can hear from God because in the Old Testament, they had prophets that were a direct link because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have Jesus. And so prophets were hearing directly from God and delivering that to the church and to, to people. But Jesus came and now we have the Holy Spirit. We all get to pray and hear from God directly every day. So we need to make sure that we don't look at prophets from that Old Testament sense, that that's the only way that we can hear from God and I won't make a decision until it's confirmed by an official prophet or, God, what do you want me to do? I'll wait until you send someone to knock on my door and deliver that message to me. That's that's not how it works. We actually can hear from God, but prophecy is working now as this awesome way of confirming things or inspiring new thoughts or comforting you know it can be such a comfort when you're struggling and then a prophet says you know you're struggling with this but God wants you to know that there's there's light at the end of the tunnel or this is what he's going to do or he's saying just stay close to me because that whatever it is you know it's so exciting so on the one hand we don't have to hang our whole hat on it and make it the only way that we hear from God because it's not but do appreciate it don't dismiss it and don't ever kind of be like oh it's a bit spiro like this is so this is such a cool and exciting and fundamental way that God has God's given us to hear from him and 
make sure that you appreciate it because you know when you've heard from God and then you get someone, someone has a prophecy that it's the same thing that you read that morning in the Bible or whatever. There's no thrill like that. Like the coolest moments of my whole life are when God speaks the same thing through different people at the same, you know, like that stuff is so exciting. And so make sure that you, again, you honor that gift in people, but that you're hungry for that, that you're, that you lean into that. Like I love prophets and I love prophetic people because it's all about being in tune with the spiritual realm. And some of them are a little bit more in tune, like, it, they're kind of disconnected from the natural realm sometimes because they're kind of more in the, like, they're just sometimes a bit weird. Like, I love it, man. I'm just so into it. And, you know, you bump into, like, Ian Cowie. You know, he's just so ready to, like, go there. You know what I mean? Like, I remember at Hudson's wedding, he was, like, do you remember this? He was, like, prophesying, like, at the reception to people. Like, he had this word for me. I was like, wow, thanks, Ian. Like, whoo. And then I, like, go over to Aaron and I'm like, Cal was like going for it. And she goes, I oh, know. He just prayed for Dale. He had a word for Dale. And so I was emceeing. And then like, as I'm just being like, oh, we're cutting the cake. Whatever. I'm like, by the way, just for the Christians in the room, Cal is going for it. So if you want a word, get over there. Like, it's seriously cool. I don't know. Like the gift's moving and it's like, get here from God. Why not? Like, it's awesome. I just, I love this stuff. And make sure that you do too. Don't ever dismiss it. Don't, I don't know that I've heard people speak about, spiritual people, you know, uh, she's a bit spirit. Like, don't, I mean, look, we want to be normal a bit and whatever. But, like, I don't know, just you don't make that call. You know what I mean? Like, you you honour the gift. I Another one, actually also at a wedding, um, this friend of ours, his mum is, like, very prophetic and, like, weird prophetic, like, awesome prophetic, but, like, she's weird, you know. And, um, like, at his 21st, she made this speech. It was, like, in a bar, and she had this painting that she'd done. She's, like, she saw a vision, and she had this this painting, and she, like, delivered it to him in this prophecy, and we're all just, like, in a bar, like, whoa, cool. Like, but it was it was anointed. Like, so then we were at his wedding last year, and I was, like, oh, I've got to talk to Rick's mom. Like, I love that woman. And she's, like, the mother of the groom. So she's busy, like, but towards the end of the night, I, like, and I'm, like, hey, oh, yeah. I remember like that painting that you had for him at his um, 21st a few years ago. And like, you know, what's, what have you been up to? Like you just, you just ask them because this is the thing. If you're gifted in something, it's never a burden to share it or discuss it or go there. Like she was so into it. Cause you know, you do the wedding chit chat, it goes forever. And so then I'm like, you know, what's, what's, what's God saying? Like what's happening? Oh, well, I've got this vision and I'm, she's this, this Kiwi woman and I just, and I can, and I heard in the, in the spirit and she just goes there and I'm like, yes, it was so cool. Like, why not? You know? And then it was really funny because it was the end of the evening. So people had to come and like say bye to her. She's like the mother of the groom. So she had to go, sorry, wait. yeah, thank you. Oh, thanks for coming. But yeah. And anyway, and there's this thing and at the, it just got awkward. I was like, I need to let you go. Like, I'm so sorry. But like people are queuing, like you, you can't like, I will We'll, we'll catch up, like, I'll never see her again, but, you know, like, oh, cool, like, but it, you know what I mean? Like, be hungry for it, and don't be afraid to kind of ask questions, like, lean into it a bit, kind of go there, because if you're gifted in that area, you want to go there, you know what I mean? Like, I, for, I'm just thinking about my parents, like, they're the pastors here, if you didn't know, um, but, like, any, like, leadership or logistical decision that I make... 
I usually run it by dad. Like I don't need to, I can make them, but he's the best person at that in the world probably, but certainly in my life. So I just be like, okay, dad, here's what I'm thinking. I've got to, uh, this is the flight. And then if I pick up the car at this time and then just because I can, because why wouldn't you run it by the person that's the best at that gift? You know, any kind of leadership stuff. He's so good at it. And then yeah, whatever it is, like just kind of go there because the thing is we can bring out the best in the ministers around us. Like we have a lot of influence over the way that they minister by how we want it or lean into it or receive from it. Like I've seen that when I've been with my parents in, they've done a lot of ministry in Thailand and Russia and particularly with my dad because he is, you know, a real kind of leadership guy and he's a great teacher and just switched on. But like in Russia, he's so prophetic and he spends ages like, praying for people and because they want it they're so hard like we've been I was like talking with him and somebody else after the service and this woman came up and grabbed his hand and just put it on her head like just and she's like slaying herself in the spirit with his hand like because they're so hungry for it so he prophesies and he prays and it goes on and on into the night like my dad does not stay up late like But he does because they want it. You know what I'm saying? And so we can actually have so much influence over the way that we receive from these ministers by what we want and what we ask for. And you can bring out the best in somebody by the way that you respond and just just ask. Like, just ask. Just ask the questions. I'm, I'm getting more and more into this. Like, if there's something about somebody's life that you admire, just ask the questions. Like, just okay, you've been so successful. Okay, what'd you do with the business? How'd you do that? What'd you get? How did, okay, you've really excelled. Your kids are great. How did you raise them? Blah, blah, blah. Like whatever it is, like ask the questions. And isn't it weird that the very best things we say about people are always behind their back? Like we're just like, oh, hi, yeah, good. And then later we're like, man, how awesome are they? Like tell them if you think they're so great. Caleb does this all the time. Like we'll come home from church. We'll be like, it's talking to John McDonald. Like, man, that guy's awesome, blah, blah, blah. Tell John, I know that he's great. Like, you tell him, like, or whoever, you know, like, ask the questions. (laughs) You're great, John. That's from Caleb. (laughs) Ask the questions, lean in and get hungry for it because it's there. And we can have so much influence over the way that we receive from ministers and particularly the prophetic realm. Get into it. Okay, evangelism. Evangelists are the one who bring evangel, the good news, the messenger of good tidings. Evangel is the good news. Their number one priority is to preach the word of God and specifically the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. And I love this about evangelists because it's, the, it's just Jesus Christ. It's salvation and that's it. That's their message. And they are gifted in compelling people to Christ. All of us are called to do the work of the evangelist, as Paul said to Timothy. But there's something about an evangelist when they're specifically gifted for that, that they've just got this extra gift of compelling people. And they do it. And it's so cool. So one of the, um, one of the great evangelists of the New Testament was Philip. He was known as an evangelist. But the first time we see him... Um, in Acts, he's appointed as a deacon in the church because the apostles needed deacons because the church was really happening. So they pulled some people together and they appointed them as deacons and that's what they were called to do. And then they were, the church was persecuted and the church scattered 
And Paul, I mean, sorry, not Paul, Philip, we see him in Acts 5. It says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Christ to them. Crowds gave their undivided attention to his message and signs they saw him perform. They believed Philip as he preached the gospel of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. So he shared the gospel and people got saved. That's what happened. And I love it because he wasn't even like appointed as an evangelist. He was a deacon. But if you're gifted, you just do it. You don't have to wait. We don't have to fuss about the titles. Like it's important to honor them and recognize them. But that's kind of secondary, you know, like the gift is the gift. And, and, and if you're gifted in something, don't wait. Oh, you know, I wait till I'm head deacon and then I'll be able to really do my thing or wait you know you just wait and see when they finally give me a chance it's like no just do it if you're an evangelist you share the gospel you know and the sphere doesn't matter don't measure the sphere based on the numbers like who's to say that you know some big crusade like I don't know you know what I'm saying like if you're down at Lizaro shops and there's someone there like you share the gospel. You evangelize. Don't wait till you've got the office and now I'm, it's official. Like, we just go for it. And I love it because he did. He didn't wait for the title. He was a deacon, but he just, he was called. So he followed the Holy Spirit and he preached the gospel and people got saved because he was gifted and he was obedient. And that's the thing is that God doesn't reward the titles. He rewards the faithfulness. If there's a gift in you, don't wait till you're official. Just be faithful with it. Be obedient. Just go for it. So, yeah, really exciting, really cool. That's evangelism. And we're all called to do it. But particularly if you feel like that's your gifting, just do it. Just preach the gospel. It's all about just souls saved. How, how cool is that? And you can see, again, it's, there's fruit in that because it's about the faithfulness. All right, we're smashing through them. Pastor. A shepherd or leader of a church who gathers, organizes, and cares for God's people. So the Greek word for pastor literally translates as shepherd. They shepherd the sheep. They shepherd the flock. And that's the design that God has given is that in a church there is a pastor that that loves the flock. And allow yourself to be pastored by a pastor. That's really paramount to your maturity as a Christian and your growth is that you have someone that you can trust who's got your back, who loves God and hears from God and speaks to you. And there's, again, that's the structure that God designed. So make sure that there's someone in this church, one of the leaders or elders or someone that you can go to and be like, that's my pastor. But ultimately, you know, the pastor of this church is Chris Brown, dad. (laughs) And, um, and, and we need to honour that, you know, like that's how we thrive is if we submit under that anointing as a community, then there's unity and then we grow. And it's really cool. And again, the pastoral gift is recognised not just as an official office of a pastor of a church, but you can have that gift in that you just love people and you disciple them. And that, again, don't wait for the office or the, the title pastor people you know like who's around you that you can just love and talk to and ask them questions and just get in their face a little bit and you know really draw them out and love them and 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 do the work of a pastor of a shepherd because it's humbling to be a sheep but we all need to do it and and allow ourselves to be pastored and again what a gift like I just love if we look at all these things 
how God's designed for us to thrive. Like this is the structure and we mustn't resist it. We must submit to it because it's so beautiful to be like loved in that way and to be growing in that way. And that, that this is how we grow because this is how we set it up. And then teacher. This is the last one. And a teacher is someone with knowledge, training, and the ability to explain the truth of God's word to others. And so they actually illuminate God's word in a practical way that makes people understand. And there's a a gift of revelation in a teacher. It's not like I've heard people talk before where it's like they've done like a book report on the Bible. Like you can't just like pull out the words and Inter- oh, that's the Greek word for that and kind of there's an analogy and there's, I've taught you and it's like something's missing. That's the revelation. They've got to hear from God and that's what a great teacher does. And a great teacher is a hungry learner. Like they're reading all the time. They're, they're in it and they're growing and learning. There's this constant flow. You know what I mean? And so, again, I love that Jesus says, I spoke openly to the world I always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews came together. I've said nothing in secret. So again, the best teaching is designed to be done in a church community. And that's why we all hear the same message together that week because we're actually on this journey together, growing together. And Jesus knew that. Like he had his little guys going on, but he actually, the main way that he taught was to the community all together. So listen to your podcasts and have your people and read your books, like for sure, that's awesome. And there's so much great teaching out there, but don't disregard the power of the teaching in the local church because that's, that's where we all grow together. And it, 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 Paul likens it to watering. He says, I have planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. Apollo was known as a teacher. And so it's, it's watering the seed. It's actually producing growth because we water it with with revelation and the, and the word of God grows in our hearts. So those are the gifts. And as I end, I just want to say to honour those who are called by God because as we'll unpack in the next few weeks, we're all gifted in so many ways and there may have been things that you've heard today where you're like, oh, I've, uh, yeah, I get that. I've got that or I, I feel drawn to that gift, you know, and, and we'll look at how we can actually use them in our own lives but I think it's really healthy to first look at the ways in which God's gifted those around us for us to receive from them and from those gifts and we need to honor that like don't disregard the gift because of what else is going on in somebody's life like again the fruit will speak for itself and if someone's character is like fundamentally messed up that'll eventually show but that's not for you to judge if there's a gift there you honor that gift and you receive from that gift Because if you're not careful, you'll discount every single person that God has given you to be ministered by. Like, oh, yeah, okay, there's a divorce. That's okay. Now it all It's like none of that is for you to judge. If God's put someone before you, allow yourself to be ministered by them. Humble yourself and be pastored by them or, or, or submit to the anointing of the apostle. Like whatever it is, make sure that we recognize the gift and honor the gift of of the people that God's put around us. And that's how we grow. It's so exciting. We'll just get the band up. Thanks, guys.
That's awesome. It's going to be so cool. I'm so excited about this series. It's just the beginning. But yeah, I, I really feel like this is where God wants us to start, is looking at the body, the unity, and the gifts around us that we receive from. Because that's really where it starts. And particularly when, you know, we start out on our journey, like we've got to, we've got to be in this together. Let's just pray. Why don't you bow your heads? Lord, I love you. We love you, God, and we thank you for the gifts that you've given us. I pray that you help us to treasure them, to honour and cherish the gifts in our lives, in us but also those around us, that we allow ourselves to be pastored and taught, that we are planted in a church community And united, Lord God, that that's where the gifts start and that's where they finish up, is in this precious unity, Lord. I just pray right now that you would, for all of us, Lord, just help us to rest in that. I just feel like we can sort of let go a little bit when we put ourselves in that right place and we're planted in a church and surrounded by this structure that God has designed, we can, like submitting and yielding, there's such peace in it, such comfort because you can let go. You can be safe here. You can be safe under that anointing. Just pray right now that we would, we would let go, that we would, like a child in the arms of their parents, that we would just lean into that. Thank you, God, that you've given us this place to be safe, to grow together, to be loved. And I pray that you're helping to nurture the seeds, the gifts that are planted in us, Lord, that we would go on this journey and discover them all together, Lord God. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.